0: Southern Miss to the top. top. You're tuned in to the Eagle
2: Hour. Good afternoon, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Eagle Hour. Bob Getty and Luke Johnson were both at the First Bank Studios in Laurel and Hattiesburg this afternoon, and we hope you are safe and secure wherever you're listening to the program around the state this afternoon opening segment and it's always sponsored by dickie's barbecue pit our good friends at dickie's want us to remind you that they're open you can enjoy their delicious food through their drive-through they'll help they'll make arrangements to get it delivered to your home for you so don't forget about our local restaurants like dickie's as uh, we continue to move through this very odd time we're going to bring dr mark horn from south central regional medical center on the show here in just a moment very gracious to uh to have him willing to uh, share with you, our listeners around the state, some common sense advice on how to deal with the coronavirus. Also, a little later in the show, the president and chief operating officer of the Janakin Corporation, uh, he's going to be with us. Chance Edmund, uh, a little later in the program. But first, uh, Luke, you're going to do it today. Hope.
0: Yeah, doing great, man. How's your uh, Tuesday going? Well, it's quiet, of course, uh, but
2: uh, just glad to be able to get on the air and uh, share some information with some folks and. Uh, and then, of course, talk a little bit about Southern Miss. Well, we've got uh, Dr. Mark Horn, who is the Chief of Medicine at South Central Regional Medical Center in Laurel, back with us this week. And, Doctor, we uh, had a really great response to your appearance last week, and we're very grateful for you to take the time to talk to us today. It's my pleasure. All right, Doctor, there's like 10,000 things that you go on social media and you hear about this virus and what people need to do and don't need to do. So I thought today mm-hmm. while we had you, we would, we would ask some questions that – we know people are hearing in general and get your medical expert opinion on, on what we should know and, and what we shouldn't pay attention to. Okay. All right. First question that I have for you, and we'll get Luke involved here very quickly. Is, as I'm reading a lot that says the next two to three weeks will be the worst time we've seen yet in Mississippi, and we will see a huge increase in this disease. True or false, doctor? True. True. And why is that?
3: Well, because it's already baked into the pie. The next two to three weeks, well, what's happening right now, is we're experiencing because of what happened about a week and a half to two weeks ago. The next two to three weeks is going to be from what's happening right now. And to be quite honest with you, there's not there's been reasonably good response, but not optimal response to the instructions of public health officials and the pleading from local physicians and others around the state. To For people to quit gathering together, I hear from uh, uh, law enforcement friends and from others around the state that and it, it maybe it's a local phenomenon in some places. There are places where people are still gathering together and um, having parties, cor- you know, coronavirus parties and stuff, and just not doing what they're supposed to do. And uh, so there's still a lot of spread.
2: It's stunning when I hear that. Uh, <clears throat> as a doctor, I'm sure it must very much aggravate you.
3: Well, it's, it's, very, it's heartbreaking because we know what's going to happen. Most of these people that are doing it, uh, you know, it may, if it's uh, some younger folks, they're going to have fun, and the odds of them getting seriously injured is not that good. But they're going to go home to their grandmother. They're going to go home to their grandfather. They're going to visit somebody who's going to have uh, an immune deficiency. Or they may be the unlucky one, which we see younger, healthy people every once in a while have a bad outcome. So we know what's happening, and we also know what it's doing to our community because it's going to, if this gets bad enough, look at New Orleans and what's happening to the hospitals in New Orleans. We all are familiar with New Orleans. We go there, we enjoy the city, and they are on their knees right now from this uh, outbreak.
2: Yes. All right, Doctor, next question. Uh, The virus lives on your clothing, and so therefore if you've been out of your house, you should immediately take off your clothing and wash it.
3: So, yes and no. Uh, The virus can sustain itself for a period of time on your clothing. It it sustains itself better on hard surfaces. Uh, Some good studies that stainless steel and plastics, it'll survive for several days, perhaps, depending on the the temperature and light and other things. Clothing, it can sustain itself for at least several hours, maybe a day or so. Again, depending on circumstances. If you're just in the general public where there's not a lot of... uh, here in the hospital, yes. When we leave, when I leave, I take my if I if I go home, I uh, I take my clothes off as quickly as I get in. I put them directly into the washer and I go take a shower. So if you're in an environment where there's a lot of COVID nineteen about, that's true. For just going out to get some groceries, going out to fill up your tank with gas, uh, no, you don't have to. You don't have to do all
2: that. Okay, uh, Luke, get in here, Doctor Mark Horn on the Eagle Island.
0: Um, Doc, just because our state is a less populated state, so when we're talking about you know the next two weeks and and we're living off the last uh, week and a half and everything you know it's already baked in the pie, we are we would be natural to be further down uh, the chain from seeing the virus specifically like we're seeing in in uh, all the urban metropolis areas in the United States. So people should not just because. Mississippi isn't like uh, New Orleans right now, or Mississippi isn't like a big population center. It is. Eventually, it's coming. That's what I hear you say.
3: Yes, it's. We're going to get it now. We hope there are the things that we know. There are the things that we know we don't know, and then there are the things that we aren't entirely sure about. So we know that more densely populated areas, where people have a more difficult time socially isolating. Seem to have a much harder time with this. We believe that being less densely populated that gives us a bit of an advantage, but we can squander that advantage if we don't do what we're supposed to do. So we do have an advantage, but we may, if we don't claim that advantage, if we don't choose to uh, to pursue it, we can lose it. So I urge people to do what they've been asked to do, what they've been directed to do by the governor and by the public health officials, by Dr. Thomas Dobbs, by the CDC, by the president's task force. Everybody who knows about this says, please, 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 self, you know, please go to ground, so to speak. You know, uh, stay home with your families. Go out only as you desperately need to. Do not gather together and hold uh, parties or gatherings and uh uh, we, it's a brief and temporary sacrifice, but it's absolutely necessary if we are to shorten the course of this and prevent outbreaks that will bring the healthcare system to its knees, as it is currently doing in New York City, as it is currently doing in New Orleans
0: just looking at some updated stats online Mississippi uh, right a 1000 cases i think the updated is 937 90 new cases uh today four new deaths overall i think 20 in the state of Mississippi where does jones county and forest county kind of uh rank uh depending on like what what some of the hot spots have been across the state
3: uh you know it's a great question that i don't have a uh, i can I think we're doing perhaps a little better but i will also say to you that may be skewed somewhat if we had wider availability of testing and could test much more broadly our numbers would i believe be higher we are testing here in laurel they are testing in hattiesburg we have adequate testing for those people that we really really need to test but we do not have enough tests to test very, very broadly. There are a significant number of people who do not have symptoms. Some people estimate that up to 20% of people who get this have minimal symptoms. Uh, Some even have no symptoms. And that's one of the reasons we need to not, people can feel fine, be out in public hooting and hollering and spreading the virus and have zero idea they're doing it. Mm. Uh, And so those 20 percent, you know, that skews it. So we, we're not going to test those people right now. So there are people out there that we have not tested that do have it, and they don't know it.
2: All right, doctor, just a little over a minute left in this segment, and, and we're going to hold you over for the second segment. But last question of this segment, a lot of people are staying home, thus they're ordering things on Amazon and having them delivered as opposed to going to their house. Rumors all over the Internet that the virus is on the Amazon packages, and if you bring it in your house, you've brought the virus in your house.
3: There was a really neat study I read the other day where uh, some uh, very – it was a well-done study where a scientist had some machines that would aerosolize this virus in a controlled laboratory environment, put it onto a variety of surfaces, and see how long it lasted. And cardboard was the worst. It had a hard time on cardboard. So my Amazon boxes are typically cardboard. Now, I do know they have some packages that are envelopes and stuff from time to time, uh, so I can't speak to that. But when you get that Amazon box, if you want to put on some gloves, I mean, you should treat it. You don't know where it's been. It could be COVID or something else on there. But just put on some gloves if you want to or wash your hands. That's fine. Open your box, get out your stuff, dispose of the box, and then clean your hands again, and you should be fine
2: okay good advice doctor uh, we're gonna hit a break here in just a minute dr mark horn is with us from south central regional medical center has agreed to stay over luke i'm sure has a couple more questions want to ask the doctor too about the uh order that just came across in mississippi shutting down basically lauderdale county dr mark horn from south central regional medical center on the eagle hour and we will be right back
4: hour the eagle hour
0: southern miss to the top
2: hey welcome back to the eagle hour everybody this segment sponsored by campus bookmark campusbookmark.net they're delivering packages every day Uh, if you want to break uh, the monotony of being at home or maybe just give yourself a happy go to campusbookmark.net pick out your stuff they'll deliver it to your house we're talking to dr mark horn from south central regional medical center in uh Laurel, as we continue to try to keep you, our listeners, uh, up to date uh, with some common sense uh, questions and answers from Dr. Horn about this virus we're all dealing with, we're really grateful uh, for his time. All right, Doctor, uh, I have a couple questions, then I'll turn it over to Luke, and then we'll let you get back to your patients. Uh, some of us have uh, relatives that live in retirement communities. My mother lives in a in an independent living facility here in Hattiesburg. They're pretty much locked down. They're not letting a lot of people come into the building. Uh, To what degree should you limit your visits to your elderly family members that live in these facilities, one and two? Is it safe to prepare food in your home and take that food to them where they have some different variety of meals?
3: So to the first, uh, I would say uh, the most loving thing you can do right now is to not visit your older, sicker um, family members and loved ones. It sounds cruel, but... It's so easy, uh, and it's not just that one. If you're in a, particularly if they're in, in, a, in a retirement home or a nursing home, the threat is not just to the family member that you visit, but if something were to happen and you were to accidentally, if you were one of these asymptomatic carriers, people who, didn't, who had no symptoms, and you carried it in and they got it, then it's very, very easy for it to spread to everybody else. And if you look around the country and around the world, some of the greatest tragedies are in nursing homes and long-term care facilities and uh, retirement communities. Once it gets inside, it is uh, it's truly horrific. Yeah. So don't go. Okay. Uh, it won't last forever. Use this modern technology that we have. Um, send them a, one of your – if they don't already have an, uh, a phone or a tablet that will allow you to video conference with them, send them one, and and then set that up. Okay. Um as to food, I think that's safe. Um, you're going to want to be think thoughtful. You know, clean hands, clean dishes, clean thing that you carry it on. Listen to uh, the instructions from the facility that you're taking it to. They may have their own restrictions. But and then if the food is hot um, and particularly or or is reheated, then that would kill any virus. If you were very careful, you shouldn't be any on it to begin with. And then uh hot it should be fine
2: okay all right uh, last question for me governor about an hour ago issued a stay-at-home order for lauderdale county i think surprising to some people that of all the counties in mississippi it would be lauderdale county your thoughts about that and also doctor your thoughts about uh, what some people are saying why what, what don't we just do this statewide for a couple of weeks
3: uh, I don't know the specifics of what triggered it in Lauderdale County, so it's a bit difficult for me to speak to that specifically. I can tell you that me personally, I would be supportive of a statewide uh, initiative to, quote, lockdown. Um, the reasons being, uh, it, it's a bit like taking off a Band-Aid. You can take it off slowly, or you can take it off quickly. Uh, if we have a sharp, sudden decrease and social gatherings, and we could blunt uh, the spread of this virus, then we can end this faster. That's one theory. Now, some people argue for um, loosening it up and just letting the cases go higher faster, and that would also end it more quickly, but it would also overwhelm the healthcare system and likely result in greater deaths. So um, I understand the governor's position. I'm not critical of the governor and uh, his reluctance to uh, order a stay-at-home order for the state is a very difficult thing. But as a physician, I believe we have reached that point where it is time to uh, bite the bullet and take this bitter medicine and get it done.
0: All right, Luke yeah it's just hard. Um, Americans don't give up their freedoms easy, and so that's why people I think are being stubborn and not seeing the big picture, but we're certainly in agreement with you. Doctor. has there been in the last week any um, anything national that that uh, certain medicines or certain treatments are uh, you know blunting uh, the the edge of this thing as sharp as it's been?
3: There are wonderful trials underway, and uh, there's there are things that are very promising and so for cases that we have, in um, uh, we've, we have treated some people with hydroxychloroquine. Um, this, the randomized controlled trials are not yet completed, and so physicians being scientists at their' ha- at heart, we are very slow to say, yes, this is good or bad without that data. We, it does look awfully good. There are some other uh, medicines, uh, antiviral agents that uh, look very promising. Uh, some of which can be used on a compassionate use status, meaning that if somebody's really doing poorly, we can go ahead and use them. Um, but uh, it, it looks good, but it's going to be weeks away before we really have good answers.
0: There. Yeah. All right, a couple more questions for me. Um, you know, respirators have been the big talk. Uh, you know, it's just kind of a, a wondering, and we might not have the exact number, uh, roughly in a uh, – facility like south central regional medical center and, and people think uh forest general and and uh Merit health wesley and Haysburg. you know roughly speaking how many ventilators do each one of those facilities have and and like icu units
3: sure i can tell you what we have at south central i don't know and would not like to speak to how many they have at the other facilities because right. I, I, I i would miss there are um at south central uh if we pull out all the stops we can get uh in the low 20s of ventilators with what we have currently. See, we have a 12-bed intensive care unit, so we have enough ventilators to put one in every room, and we can scrounge around and turn some of our uh, anesthesia machines from surgery. We can close operating rooms and use those anesthesia machines as ventilators, and we have some spare ventilators around, so we can get up into the low 20s um, yeah. pretty readily. And then if we really, really hit a hard spot where we don't have, adi- we can't get additional ventilators, and we have additional patients. We are planning. We have what we call surge planning. What are we going to do if we hit these points? So we already have game plans. If we fill up our ICU, where's our next ICU space? If we fill up our rooms, where's our where our next rooms are? If we run out of ventilators, what do we do? And what we do then is we we split the ventilators. There are techniques. It's kind of like MacGyver. Uh, from uh, that TV series of many years ago, but you can can make a ventilator uh, ventilate more than one patient at a time. It has its limitations. It has its drawbacks. But if you're faced with, uh, you know, uh, death or this, then we can split a ventilator and make it ventilate uh, more than one patient.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because that's kind of one of those things that's been out there and hasn't been confirmed yet. All right, last question. We'll let you go. Um, I remind our listeners again um, the the procedure. If you're not feeling well, if uh, you know if there is testing going on, um, just remind our, our our listeners again the the protocol, what they need to follow in case they they wonder or they're they're concerned that they might be sick with this.
3: So here in Laurel, I'll tell you what it is, and I'll also tell you that testing is a local phenomenon. There are localities that have deep, because of a wide range of things, it's a deep subject. Some places have more testing capacity than others. We have all the testing that we really need. We just don't have all that we want. Um, So what we do is we tell people, if you have fever uh, and a respiratory-like illness, call your physician And based on your answers and your history, we will direct you whether or not to come to our office or whether or not to go to the emergency room. If you don't have a physician here and need to go somewhere, you can go to the emergency room. And if you have a fever and respiratory illness, you will be assessed. Now in the emergency room here, you'll be directed to go to the back of the emergency room in your car, and we will evaluate you in your car. And the reason for that is to preserve our emergency to keep us from having to shut down rooms to clean and let them rest for an hour after they've had a potential uh, COVID uh, patient in them. So we can do that and we do test a lot of people. We've tested, I think, as of this morning uh, about 125 or so people. Uh, about four and a half to five percent of those people have been positive. The majority, of, we had 123 tests with five positives and 29 pending as of this morning. So we can do it, and but if you're young and healthy and have mild cold like symptoms and you don't have a chronically ill uh, member of your family or someone that you're caring for and you're not a medical uh, member of the medical uh, team, then you can probably ride this out at home if you want. But feel free to call your doctor and let them walk you through this.
2: All right, doctor, we want to thank you very much uh, for your time. We know how busy you are. We're going to... Bring you back every week that you're available because we take your, I think your advice is just so important for everybody to hear. And uh, hope you and your family stay safe. And, again, sir, we thank you so much for your time. Thank you. All right, Dr. Mark Horn, everybody, the chief of medicine at South Central Regional Medical Center. We're going to try to get him on every week and uh, update us on what's going on. Great stuff from him, Luke. He, he talks in a in a way that guys like me and you can understand what he's trying to get across to us, I think
0: yeah and just very honest i mean up front uh, is not dodging. I thought that was tremendous the information that uh, you know they could split respirators if they need them i 'm sorry ventilators if they needed them, and to be able uh, you know to to serve everyone so I really appreciate. Uh, him coming on and spending a lot of time with us and giving us that great stuff
2: i think also good advice you you'll know more about this to me it's a good good advice is to every night when you go to bed to pray for doctors like uh, mark horn and all these medical people that are absolutely putting their life on the line trying to ward this terrible thing off all right eagle hour continues after this
0: To the top, you're tuned in to the Eagle Hour. Back on a Tuesday, greatly appreciate Dr. Mark Horn from South Central Regional Medical Center for joining us, some great advice, and uh, just we're going to plow through this together. Appreciate his time. Third segment of the Eagle Hour brought to us every day by 4th Street Bar and Grill, located on 4th Street in Hattiesburg, Mississippi, just in the shadow of M.M. Roberts Stadium, Go curbside today with Four Street Bar and Grill eight ninety five lunch that includes a drink. Luke Johnson, Bob Getty from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg, and beautiful downtown Laurel on the phone right with us now. Kelly John Sanner, and apparently I think his uh, his dog's there beside him too. Kelly, how's your uh, Tuesday?
1: Louie the Wonder Dog is uh, making sure that everyone is on alert that he is on on duty today. Hey, a postscript to the. Um the plug about Fourth Street. If you you go to the drive-up right and you you place your order, and they bring it out to you, and uh, Booty and them will ask you a trivia question. And if you get the trivia question right, you get you know you might get a discount off your meals. You might get a T-shirt. You might get a shot glass. You know, hmm. you you'd never know. So, um, if you're good at trivia, you know you well, might you
2: wanna. should be disqualified from that because you you just take advantage of it.
1: Just because I got the Raiders right yesterday, Bob, the Southern Miss student <laughs> voted on <her. laughs> That was like 100 years ago. But what's lot's right. going on today, Luke, including the NCAA, um, giving what we thought was going to happen, giving the spring athletes another year. And there's late-breaking news from the NFL. Let's get to it, man.
0: Let's get to that. Let's go first to the NFL. Um, so they have expanded officially the playoffs to 14 teams. So this is the way it's going to work. Um, you're going to play a triple header. So during wild card weekend, there'll actually be three games, two against seven, three against six, four plays five. What that means is, though, only the number one seed gets a a, uh, a buy in the first round. Number two seed really gets hosed because they, uh, they don't get a, a rest in the playoffs. Thoughts about that?
1: Can can we use can we use the H word, Bob, on the air?
0: <laughs> uh,
2: not today, Kelly. No, it's Tuesday. It's Tuesday. <laughs> okay. Yeah. yeah.
1: Um, well, I don't know. I, I mean, there's. It it certainly brings uh, distinction to have to being the number one team. Uh, it will also stop teams who potentially can compete for the number one seed from sitting their starters. You know, in the last couple of weeks, so there's great incentive. To come out the number one as opposed to the number two, so I
2: kind of like the idea that two have. To I play. like it too. I think you're right, Kelly.
0: I think they're also thinking, you know, money with an extra game there. I think two number two seeds have won the last two Super Bowls. When you think about it that way, so yeah, it can it can make sense. Um, it's just, yeah, it's more football for us but what you're going to have is especially like with the NFC NFC South this year you're going to have maybe even a six win team that gets in the playoffs
1: and i was just going to say if a 2 is playing a 7 then by all rights you know a, a number 7 could be a team that's right at 500 or even a little below you know potentially so there's no reason why a 2 shouldn't beat a 7 but it makes that uh, it makes that roster of 53 men it makes that roster top to bottom very important because in a game 2 versus 7 where you think 2 would be the prohibitive favorite you know if the quarterback in particular goes down you better have a good backup for for him you know so anytime Absolutely. there's more games there's potential obviously for star players to be injured and causing problems you know down the road and maybe with that in mind Luke the Miami Dolphins might be on the move today what's going on
0: Bob Getty, so you stepped away during the commercial break. Kelly has breaking news. We all thought that Joe Burrow was a Cincy Bengal. Discussions have evolved in the last hour. Kelly, what is the breaking news on that?
1: The Miami Dolphins are actively trying to trade up to get the number one pick in the upcoming draft, uh, presumably presumably to take uh, Joe Burrow. You would think that would be – you know, the guy that they have their eye on. And the Dolphins have all kinds of draft capital. You know, when they were tanking for two-year last years, what a lot of people called it, they amassed a lot of draft picks by trading some of their stars away. And, um, you know, there would be no reason that if they could work a – the Bengals would get draft capital out of it because obviously they have a lot of, of needs. So they could, they could get a lot more picks in this year's draft or, you know, a subsequent Subsequent drafts, the next couple of years, and it would also, you know, if they swapped first round picks, the Dolphins, I think, are picking, they're picking second, aren't they? So I mean, they could potentially stiff. Okay, mm. so they could potentially get to a uh, anyway. It could be the Bengals that could take Tua, uh, but uh, yeah, active talks as we speak. The Dolphins apparently are ready to deal some draft picks to try to move up to number one.
2: Mm. That's interesting, and you know, the Bengals have a pretty good quarterback. I don't think Andy Dalton's the problem with Cincinnati. Do you, Kelly? Yes. You do why? I mean, he's just one guy on the team. They they got all kinds of needs. They're like my team.
1: Yeah, but I but I think I think a lot of it just has to do with confidence. And I think that uh, I think that ship has kind of sailed. I think that you know the fan base and everybody else just said that he's serviceable. He's certainly serviceable, uh, but has never won a playoff game. Mm-hmm. Um, when when they've been there, and in when you look at the teams that he's played that have been really good teams, he does not fare well. Yeah. Uh, you know, the Steelers, the Ravens, some of the, the Patriots over the years, he just hasn't played well in those big games. So, so is he serviceable? Yes. Pretty durable? Yes. but Here's
0: the here's the capital, what you're talking about, Kelly. So they have 14 picks. This is Miami in this year's draft. Can you they believe have six that? Six picks in the top 70. Six picks in the top 70. They also have two first-rounders and two second-rounders next year. Oh. Please. So, I, yeah. yeah, I mean, you're looking at Burrow. If, if you get – if you get two first round picks, extra, and you yeah. get an extra second and an extra third, and you still keep number five overall, I think if you're Cincy, you got to pull the trigger on that. Uh, I would, I,
1: I think so too, because again, uh, Tua, ta- tag, 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 or, or, Tua, or Tua, just
2: stick to Tua.
1: Yeah, Tua. <laughs> um, I don't. I think. I think without that hip injury. He, he probably goes higher than Burrow, you know. And, and both of those guys, and I know we like to hammer the SEC, but both of those guys have played pretty well in a, in a pretty strong you know, league that the SEC is in. So I don't think you give up a whole lot.
2: Here's my thing about Burrow, though. You know, he had one good year. I'm, I'm not saying it wasn't a great year. It was a great year. But, Kelly, are you the first draft choice in the NFL based on one season?
1: That's one of the reasons that I that I don't think that that Tua would be that bad that bad of a pick. Right. I think statistically, the resume of complete work Tua has more of that. But that injury, we've talked about it with baseball too. You know, my son with with an injured pitching arm. As soon as you get injured, man, it's your damaged goods, and people are always going to question. You know, are you going to be able to come back at that at that uh, same efficiency level? But their numbers.
0: Tonga Vailoa.
1: Tonga Vailoa.
0: Tonga Vailoa.
1: When, when, you, when you look at their statistics, you know, their completion percentage, their touchdowns, their interceptions, they're almost identical. It's just that Tua has done it for a longer time, but Tua just had hip surgery. Right. So yeah. that's the wild card. But I'm like Luke. If the Bengals can load up on some, you know, not just this year, but secure some picks for the next couple of years too, um, I think that's something they certainly have to consider doing.
2: Well, here's the question I have. Why are we talking about the Cincinnati Bengals?
1: Well, we're not necessarily, just because they have the number one pick.
2: <laughs> I'm kidding, Kelly. I'm yeah, kidding. yeah, I know. I know. I'm, I'm kidding. Kidding. And I'm just no, so I understand. thankful.
1: I'm so thankful that the NFL is going to have this draft. This is going to be the most watched thing since the last episode of MASH or the last episode of Roots. I'm telling you, because it's the, it's the only dance in town. You know, it's the only thing.
2: But, you know, the, Luke's a lot younger than us. You need to explain to him what you're talking about there, Kelly. You, you he probably can, never heard of these two shows.
1: Yeah, you can get on get on Google, Google or whatever it is you, and, and look it up, Roots and, and MASH. Um <laughs> <laughs> but because it's the only sporting event that's going to be held in probably three months, I mean, would you agree, you guys? There's going to be tons uh, of people watching
2: this Absolutely. Upstairs. Absolutely. It's fun to watch any time. It'll really be yeah, fun to watch this like, year, yeah.
1: But considering there's, there's no other show in town, I think it's going to be the highest rated one ever. It's going
0: to be really good.
1: But knowing Cincinnati. Right, last uh, Yeah, real quick. Real quick. Knowing Cincinnati like I know them, they won't do it.
2: Yeah, they'll blow it, right, Kelly?
0: Well, you wait and see.
1: They'll
2: yeah. probably blow it.
0: All right, All right, last uh, news and note to get your comment on uh, NCAA D1 council votes today. Uh everyone with spring sports gets an extra uh, year, so that's good to know, but they did not increase the scholarship. So now you're still stuck on 11.7 scholarships. Thoughts on that?
1: You're talking about baseball. Yeah, and 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 yes. seniors the seniors are one that are that are that are really going to be impacted the most and I just don't see even if a guy has a year left, if he's completed his academic degree, I just don't see a lot of those guys coming back.
0: Right. Especially with JUCO, because the NJCAA did the same thing, but why are you going to stay in JUCO when you can't get any more credit towards your four-year degree?
1: Now, some of the JUCO guys I know kind of purposely went to JUCO so they could slow down academically mm-hmm. <laughs> a little bit. But uh, I, I could see more of that on the JUCO level than at the at – the, Division
2: one level. All right, Kelly, Jake, thank you. And Louie did a great job, I thought. Uh, get, can you get him to bark one time before we let you go?
1: Well, there's a there's a Wonder Bread, uh, empty Wonder Bread bag in the front yard that uh, doesn't dare move. Uh, <laughs>
2: <laughs> Louie's on
1: Louis, it. <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Louie will let you know.
2: All right, Kelly. Take care. Talk to you tomorrow.
0: All right, Bob. Thanks. See can- you
2: later. We'll be right back, everybody.
0: Southern Miss to the top. Toyota Hattiesburg brings us the fourth segment of the Eagle Hour every single day, located on Highway 98 in Hattiesburg or online, Toyota of Hattiesburg. Dot com Luke and Bob from the First Bank Studios in Hattiesburg and Laurel. I'm going to be having some uh, ladies uh, basketball players. The seniors have be coming on for the next few weeks. Excited to have senior point guard Shantae Hales, the little engine that could. She really drove that team and was an exceptional player. She'll be on uh, the Eagle Hour tomorrow, Bob. And I'm, I'm excited to talk to Shantae from Quitman, Mississippi. No question about it. Great,
2: great player. Had a great career here and uh and going to be exciting to have her on the show she's a big time athlete at southern miss no question absolutely all right our next guest is the president and chief operating officer of the gulf coast region of jenny king uh cleaning services is very familiar to super talk listeners and uh, we're really glad to have uh mr chance edmund on the show and sir thanks for your time we appreciate it very much
4: thank you for having me on bob
2: Well, look, we wanted to bring you on the show, even though this is a sports talk show, as we mentioned to you during the break. uh, We're we're trying to get as much important information out to our listeners around the state as we can. And I know that your company uh, has put out some information that I read this morning. Uh, You're providing a service to employers uh, you know to make sure that their workplaces are safe for their employees, and you just had some great advice about how uh, how you can safeguard uh, your place of business and if you can share that with our listeners we'd be very grateful to you
4: yeah most companies that are are trying or that are staying open or essential um, need to have those facilities um, disinfected at least to high t- touch points daily um, most of uh, people 's schedules um, when you have a, your normal schedule, and it will vary between customer customer, those um, touch points probably are not getting disinfected every single day. You know, your restrooms may get disinfected every day, but other areas may get disinfected on a weekly or monthly um, uh, schedule. Um, so to, to, to increase uh, the disinfection of those surfaces, and disinfection isn't just wiping things down with a disinfectant. Uh, proper disinfection uh, includes spraying the, the surface down uh, and allowing proper dwell time uh, to kill any, any bacteria that's on those surfaces. And that dwell time can range, depending on the product, uh, between two minutes to ten minutes. Uh, but we, we are, are recommending um, to have uh, all high touch points done at least once per day. Um, you know, we have 13 offices around the Gulf Coast with three of them just in Mississippi. We have an office in Jackson, offices in Hattiesburg, and an office uh, in Biloxi. And to keep those offices open and functioning for our franchise owners and our customers, we're um, increasing our deficient rates to twice a day. We do it once at midday at lunch and once in the evenings uh, to keep our offices as low risk as possible uh, so that our employees uh, feel safe coming to work every day.
2: And what are those touch points that employers should be aware of, sir?
4: Huh? Uh, you've got your 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 desk, your countertops, your light switches, um, anything that that people touch often. You know, we're not talking about walls or ceilings, uh, but it, your your telephones, your desk, your uh, your keyboards, um, your light switches, door handles, uh, those type of things.
2: Right, uh, and you say at least once a day.
4: Yes, sir. Gotcha. Uh, if you want to, if you want to keep your environment uh, as low risk as possible, because as soon as as somebody comes after your place is disinfected, as soon as somebody comes in there, it's not disinfected anymore. So you want to increase those disinfection services as much as possible.
2: What is your company seeing around the southeast as far as businesses reaching out to you, seeking your help in this regard?
4: Uh, you know, we have lots of businesses. You know, manufacturing, hus- uh, healthcare. Uh, even general office spaces that are essential or uh, provide essential services, they need uh, to provide a, a, a clean um, and low risk environment for their employees to be, feel safe coming in, um, and we've been able to pro- provide that all throughout the Gulf Coast.
2: And if a business wants to reach out to your company and, and get this important service, how can they do that, Mr. Edmund?
4: They can. Um, they can contact us three ways. One, they can call a local regional office. And in in Mississippi, we have an office in in, uh, Flowood, Mississippi. We have an office in Hattiesburg. And we have an office in Biloxi. Mm -hmm. Um, They can go to com. That's J-A-N-I C-L-E-A-N-S dot com. Uh, Or they can call an 800 number. It's 800- 375- J-A-N-I. And someone will get with them uh, and get them the service. Uh, Or uh, education that they need. Um, you know, lots of times, you know, with, with, we were able to educate facilities on the things that they should be doing and only use us as a resource should they need it. Um, should we need to come in there and do things, uh, for them. Uh, but I've done, um, a lot of education, uh, of either, um, current clients, uh, to increase their detection services. I've uh, done education with, um, uh, school board members. Uh, government officials uh, to teach them what they can do with their own uh, staff uh, to increase these services uh, in their facilities. And we're always there. We're available um, should they need more resources.
2: Thank you very much, sir. Good advice, uh, really important information, and we thank you sincerely for your time. Thank you much. Chance Inman, everybody, from Jenny King, and uh, you heard what the man said. They're ready to help you. Okay, Shantae Hales on the Eagle Hour tomorrow, along with Lee Smithson, who's the former director of the Emergency Management Agency in Mississippi. Going to be a great show with Shantae Hales. Really looking forward to having her back on the show. All right, Luke, we'll see you tomorrow at 1 o'clock. Until then, everybody, Southern Miss. To the top.